when I'm saved, I'm saved. And I, I still had this like worker's mentality. And so, um, yeah. And so I, I struggled with the idea of like, I'm not good. And I knew I wasn't good inside, but I didn't, I couldn't understand that. Like God, God is the one that is good in me. Like Mm. there is no good in me and any good that I do in life, like that, There's no credit to me for that. That is only the Lord. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today, we have one of our second-year students with us. Uh, She was a first-year at last year. She wasn't with us last semester, but then she decided she did want to come back and and join the second-year program. This is Anna Koch. Anna, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. It was kind of a treat for me when Anna and I talked about her being on the podcast last year, and we kept trying to find a time, and it just never worked out for one reason or another. And then she had come back for a visit. Uh, We were just talking about this a little earlier back in the fall, and I thought, oh, I'll try to grab her then. But she's she's a popular person, and she's hard to connect with because people are always wanting to talk to her. And we, uh, so I wasn't able to connect then. I thought, well, we'll see. I thought about phone call. I thought maybe we could do the interview through a phone call, but I'll try to avoid that if I can. But you were in church on Sunday, and I looked, and I thought, Anna's here, so I'm going to try to connect with her. But I couldn't connect with her again because people want to talk with Anna. And um, so anyway, I sent you a text, and you said, I asked, how long are you going to be here? And you said, well, Actually, Kelly, I'm back. I thought, oh my goodness, how embarrassing. I didn't even know it. Uh, but was really excited to hear that you were back and that you're going to join the second year program. So welcome back. Thank you so much. Yeah. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Yeah. So um, I'm from Wasilla, Alaska, um, just a little town about an hour outside of Anchorage. Um, and I've grown up in Alaska my whole life and I love it there. It's my favorite place to be. Um, yeah. And I... Um, have two parents um, and three older brothers and then two adopted younger sisters. Um, yeah, and I've grown up in a Christian home and yeah, always in Alaska. Good. Uh, Wasilla, that's kind of a, one of the more popular places now because mm-hmm. of, um, uh, oh, help me out, I forgot. Sarah her name. Palin. Yeah, Sarah yep. Palin, yes, where she was from, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if she still is or not, but Yeah, anyway. we actually, um, as a kid, we would, she came to our church and we would plant trees with her and um yeah we were pretty close oh, really? to her as a family yeah she's really cool okay good well okay t- tell us a little bit about growing up there you know i've always been intrigued with alaska i remember when i was a kid had a friend that had lived there for a little while and then you know when you're in grade school you read things sometimes about different states and of course alaska is so different from all the other states uh, that I always thought, man, that it just sounds like a cool place. I, I would actually, it's a place I think I would enjoy living, you know, at least for a little while and have been to, I have been to Alaska and, uh, and, and enjoyed the trip. But, um, th- there are some differences, you know, from Alaska to the, to, to the lower 49. And what, what are some of those differences? <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest thing that I realized, um, when coming to the Hill, this was the first place I ever, lived for any period of time besides Alaska. Um, and obviously Texas is (laughs) quite the opposite in many ways. Um, but yeah, it was funny when I first came in September, um, you know, it was like 80, 90 degrees in the day and I ran back to my dorm and, you know, was in there and then I ran to dinner and I had like put on a sweatshirt and then walked outside and I was like, this is so weird. And I realized like in my mind in Alaska, 
when you see the darkness, it's cold. It's cold in the winter. You uh-huh. only have like three, four hours of daylight sometimes. And then in the summer when it's light outside, it's hot all the time because the sun doesn't set for some months. And so um, I think that was really shocking for me when I came here. I just like automatically associate like, okay, darkness is cold. And, you know, when it's sunny outside, it's hot. And um, Texas is just always hot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And obviously, um yeah, just like lifestyle differences. Um, I feel like if you're not um, an outdoorsy person, it's really hard to live mm. there, okay. um, especially in the winter. It's hard to like endure the darkness if you're not um, wanting to get outside and ski or, you know, right. at least snowshoe or walk or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely has its challenges, but I think that's something I love so much about it. There's just so much, um, yeah, just hard work that it takes to live there. And, um, I've grown up with it, so I am used to it. But um, yeah, it's definitely something I love mm. about it. Yeah, see, I think that's probably what attracts me to it is because I love outdoor things. And, mm. and that just seems to be like an incredible place to be uh, for that. Um, how how many hours of daylight do you have in the winter? Yeah, so December, like um, end of December um, is the is the shortest amount of daylight we have. And often it'll be no more than three hours. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, you'll have like sunrise, like maybe 1130, 11 o'clock, and then by 3, 3.30, it's dark. So, <laughs> And then in certain times of summer, it doesn't really get dark, right? Yeah. So July is um, our, long, our long month. And it's super fun because... Um, yeah, it's light for pretty much all day, 24 hours. And so you can be out hiking and it can be like midnight and you're like, oh my gosh, like it's midnight. I didn't even realize. And, um, I think it definitely just has that feeling of just, you just always want to be outside always in the summer. Wow. And then I was in Juneau and I I think it's Mm -hmm. a, you know, a cute little place, but what was so amazing to me is that you only get there by boat or plane. Mm. There's 45 mile, I think it is, 45 miles of road, but none of it gets you out of town. It's all basically there. So that's kind of different. And that's your capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone always is like, oh, Anchorage is the capital. And I'm like, no, it's Juneau. You can't even <laughs> drive there. I've never been to Juneau. Oh, really? Shamefully. I've never been because there's not really much there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I... um just, I know we're talking a lot about Alaska, but it just goes to show how much I, I really am intrigued with Alaska. Um, but I can't remember what I was going to say about it anymore. But anyway, let's move on. So you grew up there. And uh, so tell us about, you know, what it was like growing up. Did you grow up with a Christ- in a Christian family? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I was born, um, yeah, into a loving Christian family. Um, yeah, so growing up... Um, I'm the youngest girl biologically. So, um, I have three older brothers and we're all two years apart. Um, and so naturally I was like all my life trying to keep up with my brothers Mm. and doing everything they did. And, you know, saying I hated princess movies, but inside I left them. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so, yeah, growing up, um, was super blessed with just a really awesome childhood and, um, yeah, my parents have always taught me um, to work hard for the things um, that you have in life. And my dad is a really hard worker and my mom's a really hard worker. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up um, being homeschooled. My mom homeschooled mm. all of us and she's still homeschooling my sisters. Um, and so, yeah, when I was um, nine, my parents sat us down and asked us what we thought about them adopting. Um, and that was, yeah, that was definitely a shock for me. Um there had been 
yeah, personality wise, I'm, um, a people pleaser and mm. I, um, wanted to, yeah, I, I sometimes strive for perfection in, in myself. And I, um, remember being super excited because I was like, this is awesome. Like, sis, like we can help these girls out and adoption is such a beautiful thing. And, um, for a nine year old, it's hard to understand, but, um, I just remember, um, I think that was the point where the enemy kind of started to speak into my, um, head and, and I remember thinking like, okay, like I know this isn't true, but like, I just couldn't get over the fact that I viewed it as a replacement. Um, and we adopted two girls, um, from Ethiopia when I was 12. And so we flew to Ethiopia and that was a super amazing experience. And, um, just being there and seeing, um, just even like the capital that these girls were at, like this, their city was just so poor. And, um, I remember feeling really confused because I really, I wanted to be excited to bring these girls and and have them be Mm -hmm. my sisters, but I just couldn't get over this like thought that the enemy had in my head of like, they're replacing you. (laughs) And that's not true. Um, and so that was a huge, um, that was a huge thing that I went through, um, in high school and, um, yeah, I just struggled with, um, those thoughts and, um, yeah, I began to kind of have this worker's mentality. Um, and I applied that a lot to my relationship with the Lord. Um, and I, I grew up believing that you can lose your salvation. And so I think for me, I, um, I did good things and I, and I was a good kid, not because, I was good inside because I knew I wasn't good inside, but I, I tried to be good because I wanted to keep my place, um, with the Lord. And I think a lot of those thoughts that I had in, in my position with my family applied to how I viewed my relationship with the Lord. And I, I strived to continue to keep my place with him. Um, and so, yeah, that was a big struggle I had, um, throughout middle school and high school. Um, And I just kind of began this cycle of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, be the worship leader and I'm going to lead these small groups and I'm going to, yeah, reach out to these girls that are lonely and sad and and genuinely like that's what we are to do as Christians. But, um, part of me also did it in a sense of like, I need to keep my standing before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and, and also applying that to just my dynamics with my family. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of, um, yeah, there was a lot of moments. I, I'm a dog musher in Alaska and, um, explain that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll explain that. Yeah. So, um, other people call it sled dog racing or mushing. Um, but yeah, it's, if you've ever seen like Balto or eight below or <laughs> iron will, um, it's where you have sled dogs hooked up to a sled and they pull you and, um, it used to be a huge means of transportation in Alaska. Um, and now we don't need to use them, but people do it for fun. Um, and so, yeah, I've been training sled dogs since I was 11. Um, and that is a whole another story with that, but I, I, I prayed about it, um, all my life, like growing up, I watched the Iditarod, which is a sled dog race they do. And, um, I always just had this desire to be a musher because I loved just the fact that you're alone in the middle of nowhere and so much of Alaska is unexplored and you can be somewhere that maybe there's only a few people that have ever been where you are and you're, you're on a sled and you're with your dogs and you're, um, surviving and you're using, um, the tools that you have to, to make it. Um, and so, so um, how many dogs are on your team? 
So for most of my races in high school, it was 10. Um, but you can have anywhere from five to 20. And so you trained all of these. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, there was a musher down the street, um, who's a neighbor of mine and I mushed with her. Um, and I still do when I'm home. Um, yeah. And it was a really cool, um, when I was in high school, I, I just continued to pray that the Lord would somehow, um, use it as a ministry to share the gospel with people. And I didn't really know how, and I couldn't understand how that would work because you're, you're alone for mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, but there was a few times on my races, um, the, you build a campfire with all the other mushers and that was a really cool ministry to share. Um, and I would tell them like, I prayed about this since I was four. I mean, that's it's the thing I think I've prayed about the most in my life as a mm. kid was being a musher. And, um, and it was really cool because my last year racing, um, I got um, New York Times reached out to me and they asked if I wanted to be um, in an interview for them. And that was crazy and yeah. like, yeah, really crazy. But I, yeah, I just got the opportunity to even just with the reporter that I was talking to, um, just kind of share my story. And um, I got to like talk about the Lord and they put some of it in the article. And so, um that was just such an answer to prayer because it was something I was so passionate about and the Lord was able to, um, yeah, just use it in a, in a huge way in my life. Like mushing was the time I spent in prayer because you're out by yourself oh, wow. and you, um, a lot of people listen to music and I just chose to spend that time in prayer. Um, and yeah, he just really like completed that season with, um, just that opportunity. Um, yeah. So that was really special to me. Okay. Wow. That's neat. Um, now you're talking about mushing and being out in the middle of nowhere by yourself, uh, in the wild. Uh, some of our listeners might be curious, how old are you? I'm 19. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's really interesting. How, how did you come to know Jesus? Yeah. So, um, when I was six years old, um, I remember, um, just feeling very, um, lonely, um, there was, there had been quite a few situations that week where like my brothers would go do things and I wanted to go build a tree house and they were like, no, you're a girl, you can't come and all these things. And so, um, I remember feeling, um, really lonely. And I remember telling my mom, like, mom, I just really want a friend in my life who is going to like want me and choose me and not just include me because of obligation. Um, and I remember my mom just, um, in that moment, like sharing Christ to me and in a way that I could understand. And so, um, obviously I'd known Christ, I'd known Jesus, I had heard him, I had, you know, gone to Sunday school and I loved church, but, um, that was the moment where it connected mm -hmm. for me. Um, and, and that's where I realized like, um, not only can I have a friendship with the Lord, but he chose me and he loves me and, um, he is the friend that will never choose me out of obligation, but out of love. Um, and that is really where I began to seek the Lord. And I had a little tiny Bible in my room. And whenever my brothers would like not include me, I would run to my room mm. and I would read Psalms. And, wow. um, and yeah, I just remember really, um, yeah, that was the point where I started to establish my relationship with the Lord. Okay. So you were six mm -hmm. and then by the time you were nine is when your parents told you that they would, they're interested in adopting. Mm -hmm. And then the adoption was when you were 11. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so the, then the big struggle. Now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, just this whole thought that, you, that what you were battling with then uh, of being replaced, 
though you knew it wasn't true, still fighting that. Mm-hmm. I, I, what did the Lord do in your heart with all of this? How did you get through that? Yeah, yeah. I think um, honestly, there was um, there was a lot of of struggle that I faced um, with how I viewed myself. I felt really guilty for this feeling that I had, and I knew that like. I knew that I wasn't good, but I struggled with this idea of like, okay, as Christians, like we're called to be good and we're called to like do these good things. And at this point, like still, I didn't understand that like when I'm saved, I'm saved. And I, I still had this like workers mentality. And so, um, yeah. And so I, I struggled with the idea of like, I'm not good. And I knew I wasn't good inside, but I didn't, I couldn't understand that like God God is the one that is good in me. Like Mm. there is no good in me and any good that I do in life, like that, there's no credit to me for that. That is only the Lord. Mm. And even in that time when I didn't understand it, he was still doing good things through me. I just, I just didn't understand. And I was confused, um, because I knew where my heart was and I knew that my heart was not good. Um, but yet somehow was able to do good. And, and that was the Lord. Um, Mm. And so really, um, I, I began to, I'm, I'm very social. I love people. I love being around people. Um, but I began to, um, sort of isolate myself, especially the last two years of high school. Um, and for me being outside is a really big way that I, um, I get, I guess, connect to the Lord and, and the, the times where I've spent the most in prayer and the most, um, vulnerable before the Lord is times where I'll go out hiking and, and you don't, see anybody and and you just feel like you are completely alone and and able to be vulnerable before the Lord. And so the last two years of high school, um, there was a lot of growth and I began to, um, forgive myself for the way that I felt because I knew I was forgiven by the Lord and I, and I hadn't accepted that forgiveness. Mm. Um, and, and I began to just pray for my sisters and pray for, and just, yeah, that they would forgive me for Um, even just the thoughts that I had at the beginning of just feeling confused as to the whole situation. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was really big for me, just having time alone with the Lord. Um, cause yeah, I I can just get so caught up. We can all get so caught up in life. And, um, I think that I was so caught up in doing things for the Lord that I kind of lost sight of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, um, And yeah, and so that was really a big point for me. Um, And throughout high school, I, my relationship with the Lord, I always felt like it ebbed and flowed so much and, and I so easily rode spiritual highs. Um, And I would go to youth events and I'd be on fire for the Lord. And then, you know, that would dip and then I would, you know, go back and and do something else. And, and it was just very inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, when, um, yeah. So that, yeah, that's kind of how it was end of high school for me. Okay. Uh, how is the relationship between you and your sisters? Now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really awesome. And it's, um, uh, it's amazing to me because I think it just shows like the restoration of the Lord. Um, and I've been able to be close to my sisters and I love them and I've, and I've always loved them. And I, and I think because I've been able to work through with the Lord, like, these thoughts that I've battled in my head and, um, and I know that he's greater and anything that's over my head is under his feet. And so like he is, 
um, triumphed over those thoughts that I struggled with. And, and it took me working through that with the Lord and being vulnerable for him and admitting that I was struggling. Um, and, and once I began to work through that with the Lord, my relationship with my sisters, um, has just been such a blessing to me and they've taught me so much about the Lord and, Mm. um, yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm. Yeah. Okay, great. How old are they? Um, Berkey is 15 and May is 11. Okay. That's yeah. Neat. Yeah. So, okay. Now you, you went through high school and then ended up coming to his hill. How, what was that? What was the process in coming here and deciding to come yeah. here? Yeah. So, um, I am not a heat person. <laughs> I really <laughs> hate the heat so much. So I knew I wanted to go to Bible school. Um, and I applied to a torchbearers in Romania Um, and it was just a three month program. Um, and it was all about being outside. And so I loved that idea. Um, and I was excited. It was only three months because I could come back in December and I could ski and I could mush and I could do all the things I loved. Um, and so I think for me originally when I was thinking of Bible school, it was more of like, I'm going to do this out of obligation and it's something good. And so I should do it. Um, And so I was going to go to Romania, um, and the closer that time got, um, things with COVID were still quite, um, just iffy with going out of country. And so, um, I just thought it was best to stay in the States, um, and my parents as well. And so I was going to go to, um, Timberline or, um, Ravencrest in Colorado Mm -hmm. because they're outdoors and they're not in the heat. Um, and my brother actually was at Ravencrest, um, that year and he had heard Connor and John and then Charlie speak. Um, and he had called me, um, and he was like, Hey, like I have heard three different speakers from this place called his hill. And like, they're super awesome. And I think you would really love this school. I'm like, okay, where is it? And he's like, Texas. I'm like, nope, <laughs> immediately. No, but yeah, it was just totally a work of the Lord in my heart. Um, and I just kept thinking about it, thinking about it. And I, um, applied for the first semester and, Lizzie emailed me and was like, okay, you need to decide if you're going to stay for the full year because it's full. And I was like, darn it, I don't want to <laughs> stay for the full year, but I'll commit and then I can just drop out. And I stayed for the full year and summer camp and now I'm back here. Good. So yeah, um, yeah, and coming to the Hill, um, they say you learn um, more in the first week than you will the whole year. Um, and I think that definitely that was true for me. Um mm. I remember um, sitting in your class, Kelly, and it was the first time that I'd ever heard um, Galatians 2.20, Christ in you. And you said, um, it takes God in the man for the man to be the man that God made man to be. Mm. And that um, just echoed in my head um, so much. And um, it took me a really long time to grasp that idea because for so long I had had lived in this mentality that it's me that needs to work and I need to keep my standing before the Lord and I need to do good things and I need to work and it's me and the pressure's on me. And I just remember leaving that class and like, um, sitting down on the bench and just thinking like, Anna, the pressure's off. Like I just heard the Lord say that, like, it's not like, you don't need to keep trying for Mm. these things. Like I've already given you everything you need for life. It's your job to rest. Like, you're saved. I have you. And, um, I think that was the first time that I really realized like, yeah, the pressure's off. And, um, and so, yeah, it was just a journey, um, with the Lord. And there was a lot of 
so much I learned here and I'm still learning. And, Mm. um, the Lord has just been so gracious and, um, showing me things in such a loving way. And, um, I can be really stubborn and, um, I realize that, (laughs) um, especially, yeah, even in my decision to come here, um, I came here with a mindset of check it off the list. And, um, the Lord has, um, done so much in my life and you know I had a 10-year plan and I'm not living by that and I couldn't be happier (laughs) you know um and yeah and there's been so many times in my life where I've struggled with decisions um that I feel like I've had to make and um you know kind of this mentality of like oh the grass is greener and um one of my friends Abby um I remember her telling me so sweetly like Anna the grass is greenest with Jesus and like you need to be confident in that. And mm. if you are in Christ and you have a relationship with the Lord, then wherever you are is where you need to be. Mm. Um, and that has given me so much peace, especially in my first year when I was like trying to decide like there's six feet of snow at home and I want to be home and skiing and um, just remembering that like I do not know best. Mm. <laughs> I do not know what's best for my life and the Lord does. Mm. That's yeah, that's encouraging. We kind of talked about that for, we just posted a quick reminder today and we were talking basically about the same thing is that, you mm-hmm. know, what, what should we know? And we often don't know what we think we know, mm-hmm. you know? but uh, Oswald Chambers said something like, um, you don't, you don't know. The only thing you do know is that God knows mm-hmm. that's paraphrased. And so if that being the case, then, you know, really we should be encouraging one another to be with Jesus, be with the Lord, be with the one who knows and who knows, who knows us better than we know ourselves, according to Hebrews chapter four and verse Mm -hmm. 12. And, uh, you know, the lesson that you said you learned the first week of Bible school last year is one that, you know, a lot of us can identify with, you know, as, as believers growing up and, and, you know, we read in scripture and we see how we're supposed to live. We see that this is supposed to be true of me. This is supposed to be true of me. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be at rest. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be with joy. And so, you know, we, so we know that's what I'm supposed to be. And we really knock ourselves out to try to be, but then, you know, the, the Lord is faithful to work in our hearts. Like he did yours to draw us to himself uh, for me, it will, you know, he used Colossians 2, uh, verse 10. In Christ, I've been made complete. Mm. And, you know, there was just, the Lord showed me that verse at the right time for me to, to see those words. And, it, you know, it, it was kind of like you sitting on the bench. I was sitting on a plane. And it was the same thing. Like, it just, it was like somebody turned a light on and took the blindfold off. And it's an incredible moment. But then also that doesn't mean there's that that's the end, mm-hmm. you know, that there's not more now to, 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 to grow in more to know of Christ. Um, so I'm sure the same thing has happened for you. Uh, so tell us what's happened since then that you didn't, you, you didn't come back for the second year. And I think, weren't you planning on being back for a second mm-hmm. year? Okay. Yeah. And then you changed your mind mm-hmm. and you went home. So what did the Lord do to bring you back here for the, for the second year. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I was originally planning on coming back. Um, and I stayed for summer camp. Um, and summer camp's awesome. Um, it's hot too. It's 
<laughs> I will never forget 110 working on Screamer, pulling kids up and just thinking, this is only by the Lord. There is, there is no way I'm surviving. And I did. Um, yeah. And so summer camp is awesome. And that's a whole other story. But um, yeah, there was a lot in my heart through summer camp. Um and just a lot of different things that um, I really felt the Lord was bringing me home the okay. next semester. Um, and I had decided on summer camp, and I was um, super excited about it. Um, but I was, yeah, just wrestled with the Lord a lot. I knew that summer camp was good, and it was a good thing, and there was nothing wrong, or excuse me, second year. Um, I knew that second year was good, and that there was nothing wrong with it. And there, I couldn't find a wrong thing with me doing second year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet... I really felt that the Lord was calling me home. And um, and it was one of those things where um, I, I knew that I needed to obey. And it's not my job to understand why. It's just my job to obey. Okay. And, um, and so I obeyed, and it was really hard. Um, and I went home, um, and in my mind— when I, I was like, okay, I said no to second year and that's no for the rest of my life. Like I need to like move on. And if that's the Lord closed that door, then I, I really wanted to, to set my roots at home and be, um, content at home. Um, and my season at home, um, when I first went, I was really confused um, as to why he would bring me home. Um, and now I feel like he's given me so much clarity on that. Mm. Um, and I think for me, like, as I've said through high school, I struggled with these spiritual highs and feeling, you know, like I I wasn't consistent in my relationship with the Lord and I just, I craved consistency with it. And um, I was really nervous about coming home. And I think I realized and the reason why I, I was nervous about coming home was that I was worried that the hill would just be another spiritual high. And I okay. um, I didn't want that to end. Um, and, and coming home, um, it was just such a sweet season for me. I love, I love doing lots of different things. I love difference in every single day. And I was at home and I was working a nine to five. And I did the same thing every day. Mm. And yet I can say I've never felt as close to the Lord as I did when oh. I was home. Wow. And the Lord just blessed me so much with that season and just like reminding me like, Anna, I am like, yes, the hill is amazing and it's a beautiful place and there's so much opportunity for growth in the Lord, but you can grow in the Lord no matter where you are. Mm. Um, and I'm thankful for the tools that I learned here my first year in order to be able to study the Bible and read the Bible. But that's not what it's about. Like the hill is here to point you back to Christ. Mm. And when I went home, um, just the time that I spent with the Lord, I just was so, yeah, just so thankful for. Um, and yeah, he worked in my heart so much at home. And, um, and so I was very content with being home and something that I, I think if I could describe the thing that I learned the most in my first year and and summer camp at the hill um is the characteristic of the lord of him being consistent um and i feel like in my life there was a lot of inconsistency um even with my relationship with people and and even like inconsistency of how i felt about myself or my relationship with the lord and my standing before the lord and um when i was here he just continued to remind me that he's consistent um and like 
you know, at night when the sun sets, we don't see the sun, but like the sun is still there. Mm. Um, and, and we have faith that the sun is going to rise the next morning. And, um, and I remember like thinking through that analogy and thinking like, Anna, how many times have you not had faith in the Lord and things that he's going to do? And yet you have faith that the sun's going to rise, but you don't have faith that the Lord has your best in mind or mm. he's going to work all things mm. together for good. And, right. um, and so that was something I was constantly thinking of as I went home. Um, and yeah, um, being home was really good. And I was very, very sure I wasn't going to come back to the hill. And, um, and I did. <laughs> the <laughs> Lord um, brought me back here. I'm so, so How did thankful. he do that? Yeah. So I actually came to visit um, mid-October. Um, and I was like, I'm super confident with coming to visit because I don't have any, like, I wasn't homesick for the hill at all. And and in the best way possible, mm. I love this place, but I um, felt like the Lord had really given me like closure. Um, and I came to visit and I was sitting in a second year class. Um, and I just remember like sitting there and thinking like, I would give anything to like sit in here and learn this. Like, this is so good. And I think something about second year I've really enjoyed is that growing up in a Christian home, there's a lot of um, questions that I didn't ever really ask myself because it's you believe in the Lord and it's a given. Right. Um, but in second year, there's a lot of questions that um, you can be asked that you may never think about, but for an unbeliever, that may be their point of, this is why I don't believe in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so you're learning these things that you, you're thinking outside of the box, yeah. I guess. You know, with that, excuse me, I want to interrupt for a second here, because you're making me remember some things about second year, you know, why we started it and how we want to use it. And I uh, appreciated, you know, years ago, Charlie articulating it this way. He said, I would like for the second year program to be so that it would take the second year student deeper with what they've learned in the first year, that they would be able to leave here to better, to be able to better articulate what it means to live the life of Christ. And what he meant was in articulating, it's not just in what we say, but in how we live too. And that's why we added the outdoor stuff to it, uh, to, so we can talk through some things. You know, when you're going for a run and, you know, your side hurts, uh, you know, and you're hoping nobody knows, you know, that kind of thing. Well, why? Why is that about you? And you start to see your need for the Lord in in life, not just when you're, you know, in your quiet time, not when you're just going through a trial in life, but throughout life. And I, I can remember, you know, what you're talking about, just having to think through these things. I remember sitting in one class, we had, uh, I was looking at a student that was across from me, and I won't say his name, but John was, uh, was just looking at me. And he said, uh, oh, I, I asked him a question and his answer was, well, we it's it's uh, Christ living in me, and I looked at him and said, "Well, what does that mean?" And he just looked at me like you are now. Eyes got big, and he said, "Well, it's what you've been telling us for a year and a half." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, but what does it mean?" And then the whole class just looked at each other and went, "Oh!" And it was really a neat moment where you know to, to sit there and think through it. This is more than just verbiage, more than terminology. What does it mean for Christ to be your life? And to watch the second years, year after year, you know, 
grapple and work through these things. It's really been exciting for me. It's been a blessing for me to watch. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And I'm also excited that you see that as being, you know, a, a big part of the second year. So you've only been back for a week. Yeah. What are the classes yeah. been like? Because they are different from the first year classes. Yeah, they are very different. Homework. <laughs> yeah, there's homework. a lot of homework. Thanks, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, honestly, something that scared me about second year the most is something that made me want to do it the most. And that is um, the aspect of homework. And I am, I was really nervous about that, but also, um, I think that the things that I learned in first year that I learned the most were the, were the times where it was like a quiz or a homework assignment that I was really nervous about. And, um, yeah, I think I learned really well under that like stress of like, I need to get this done. And then as I'm doing my homework, it's, it's cool when you're at Bible school, because often the homework that you're doing will, kind of like almost check your heart and things. And, and as you're, you know, like writing a paper on the book of John and you're, you know, reading about like all the, you know, like the Pharisees and they did all these things because they wanted, you know, they, they did, they were very works minded. And then you can be like, why am I doing this? Like I'm doing this. Um, cause I want to be here and the Lord has me here. And, um, and so, yeah, anyways, class has been really good. Um, and yeah, something like you said about, um, the outdoor program we had, a blindfolded run mm-hmm. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there you were paired up in two um, and you were, one person was blindfolded um, and the other person was calling out to them and, and trying to have lead them um, with their voice. And so I was the first person to be blindfolded. And I remember um, I can get kind of competitive. <laughs> and so I remember being like, okay, we are going to win this. Like, it's a straight shot. We're down by the bridge. So it was just a straight shot. Like, yeah, I can just sprint it. That's what I was thinking. And I started to, and thankfully I was saved from toppling over the bridge (laughs) into the water. It was a close call, but, um, it was really interesting because in that moment, um, as we began to start, I was like, I got this. I can just sprint it. I can run straight. I know exactly where I'm going. The path is straight in front of me. Um, and I think like afterwards I felt so silly about that because obviously I was not running straight. And I think like, I really, I just realized like that's so often in my life where I'm like, I know where I'm going. I can do this and I'm ready to sprint ahead. Mm-hmm. And I often don't go the pace that the Lord would have me. And often it can feel like, the pace that the Lord has you like in this race, I was sometimes like, okay, like to my partner, like, okay, like we can go faster. Let's run faster. Like I got this, I got this, we can run faster. And he just kept reminding me like, no, like this, we need to like be safe. We can't like, I don't want you to run into anything. And, um, it just reminded me so much of our relationship with the Lord. And so often for me, I can feel like I'm ready to run fast and God, I got this and, um, come on, let's go. And, um, the Lord, keeps us at the pace that we're at in life for a reason. And, um, he knows what's best. And, um, yeah. And I think of even like, um, in John, when you read about him being the vine and us being the branches, um, and like we are as Christians to die to self. And sometimes when I try and in my mind, like tell God what I think is best or what we should do, um, I think of like a tree and it's like a branch has no authority telling the roots what to do and when to grow. And I have no authority. Like what ground do I have to stand on to tell the Lord at what pace I should go or what I want to do next? Like I'm dead. And, and, 
Um, it's the Lord living in and through me. And so my life is not my own and, and the decisions that I have to make in life are not my own. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, second year so far has been really awesome. And, um, the classes are really good, um, really deep and yeah, I'm, I'm super thankful to be here. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, thanks for, you know, taking this time and finally getting to sit down and talk with you. I appreciate you, you giving us this time. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. All right. Well, Anna, you're here for this semester. Are you thinking you'll stay for camp again? I'm not going to stay for camp. Okay. Sadly. All right. No, yeah. no, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I, I do appreciate it. I appreciate you being so um, open about your struggles and and then how and also just being clear about finding your the, the sufficiency of Christ, finding that you know your your rest, the rest that you so much want in all of your activity, you come to realize that it's actually from the source of what your activity is supposed to be, and that is Christ Himself. So thanks for for reminding us of that and. And I, you know, I'll be praying for you and hope that this is a great semester for you. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you for tuning in to the His Hill podcast today. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, and one of our second year students, Anna Koch. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Anna this week and that her testimony was an encouragement to you in your walk with the Lord. If you would like to get in touch with Kelly, you can contact him by email at kelly at hishill.org. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ, alumni. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.